Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. Hello, my name is Pastor Eric Hubbard, and we thank you for studying with us this week as we study and continue to study the life of Abraham through the lens of grace. Again, we're going to continue our study of the life of Abraham through the lens of grace. And we're going to start out again in the book of Genesis, 12th chapter, around the 7th, uh, we said the, uh, around the 7th verse. So, uh, again, we're studying the life of Abraham through the lens of grace. I just want to start out with a couple of things today. One is that when we look at and go into the Old Testament, we must view things through the lens or through the uh, knowledge that we have of who Christ is to us today. And when we especially go to the life of Abraham, Abraham discovered something. The Bible says in the book of Romans, uh, the fourth chapter, it begins to read in uh, Romans 4 and 1, it says, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? Now remember, this is Paul speaking, and he's talking about the, uh, Abraham being the, the father of the, not only the Jewish nation, but also of our nation. Uh, and I'd say our nation being the uh, New Testament believer. And so as we read this fourth chapter, think of it this way. First, he talks about how that Abraham, what Abraham found as according to the flesh. And then we're going to see what he found according to, the, according to faith. So that second verse says, for if Abraham were justified by works, he has way up to glory, but not before God. So in other words, if what Abraham obtained when God blessed him was according to his works about how he lived and how he did everything right and everything was set in order. And so God blessed him according to his performance. And so as we go into the third verse, it says, for what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And you can run reference to this in Genesis, the 15th chapter and the sixth verse. But what Abraham discovered was that God loves me and God um, uh, uh, my relationship with God is based on my faith or my trust in him. And this is what God, it was more than what, um, what Abraham did. It was God's desire to have a personal relationship with man on the earth. Remember, we would go all the way back to Genesis 1 with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had personal relationship with God. They communicated with him. So now we see Abraham, and we know God spoke to others. He not only spoke to Adam and Eve before the fall, he spoke to them after the fall, and he spoke to their sons. And he spoke to Noah and others as we, as we move forward. But here in the 12th chapter now, we've seen as God now is, is going to establish covenant with this man. He's going to establish covenant with Abraham, and he introduces himself. The Bible says he appeared to Abraham. He spoke to him. As in the first, uh, in chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3, we see the three I wills of God. God said, I will show you a land. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And I will cause you to be a blessing. God uh, gave him the, he, 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 he covenanted with Abraham. And he promised Abraham, brother. There were covenants later on. But God covenanted, he blessed him. He promised him the favor of God. When God spoke over him and told him, this is what I will do, then God was obligated to keep his word. And what God says, he is bound to do. He is bound to do it. For if God ever breaks his word, he ceases to be God. The Bible says again, and we're going to give you a few scriptures, and I hope that you'll write them down today. This is... Uh, Psalms 138, uh, uh, 2. Psalms 138 and 2, it says, I will, the psalmist began to speak to God, 
And he tells them some things that are interesting. He says here in 138 and 2, he says, um, I will worship toward the holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all your name. He says again, the last phrase he says, he says, I'm going to praise you for thy name and for thy loving kindness, for your truth. He says, why? For, thy, for you have magnified your word above your name. The psalmist is saying, Lord, that you have placed your word, the trustworthiness of your word, the faithfulness of your word, the surety of your word. Because you said it, you placed your word above your name. We know today that most men do not keep their words, whether it's written or verbal. It used to be a time that a, a word could be spoken. It was in some, in, in some phases of the law, a verbal contract was formed. But we know even now written contracts, uh, people say contract today is written co contracts are written to be broken. So what, so what God is saying here, though, in Psalms 138, is if I spoke it, he said this in, num in Numbers 23, 19, he says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, shall he not do it? If he spoke it, he's going he's to make it good. So God is saying, my word, the words that I speak to you are trustworthy and they can be counted on because I'm God. And what I say I mean and what I say I am bound to do it. And again, as we look backward now and we look uh, through the lens of grace and we see how that this man, who God sought out. He sought out Abraham. And that's how uh, we, God has found all of us. Jesus said that no man comes unto the Father except through me. You can't come to God unless God, <laughs> he said, then he said, no man comes unto me except my Father. Draw him. You have, we have to be drawn to, to Christ by God. By the Spirit of God uh, putting that long enough, letting us know that there's something more than what you are experiencing today. That there is a place in your life for me if you will allow it. So when we go here to uh, Genesis 12, we see God's desire to have relationship with this man. It wasn't religion because religion is man's attempt to reach God. But when God comes to man, it's about a personal relationship. God, there's thousands of, of religions in the, earth, in the earth today. But when we're talking, we're talking about a God that desires, not only with Abraham, but with us today, God desires to uh, fellowship and set up house within our heart and within our spirit. God wants to temple with, within us, within man, within the man's human spirit. That's why the Bible says that out of your belly shall flow rivers of river, living water because Jesus said, I'm in you. He said, I'm going to send you a comforter. And I'm saying all of these things to set us up to see that this man, Abraham, the father of faith, was in the same similitude or likeness as to all of us. See, many times when we read the Bible, uh, most of us, we sort of feel like, oh, you know, when we see that's Abraham and, you know, he was special. Abraham was a man just like uh, he was of flesh, just like all of us. We see the great men and women of the Bible, and we think as though, oh, you know, they never made a mistake. They never erred. You know, that's why God blessed them. No, it was his faith. It was the faith of David that allowed him to, to, to kill that giant. It was, the, it was the faith 
that these men had and these women had that they trusted God. It was the faith that Mary had in the word of God as Isaiah spoke and said a virgin will give birth. Mary had to hear that in the temple in order for her to uh, uh, grab hold to what the angel spoke to her. And then when Mary heard it, she applied faith by saying, Lord, be it unto me. Because she was willing to receive what God said. And this is what Abraham did when God told him to leave and told him what he would do. Abraham walked out. And as he walked out, God revealed himself. He revealed himself. And see, many of us, we said, show me and I'll do. God said, believe and I'll show you. Believe and I'll show you who I am. He, God is looking for faith. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, he says, it's impossible to please God without faith. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. If we don't have faith in what God has done, is doing, can do, then God cannot have relationship with us. It's impossible to please him. So now let's go as I uh, want to pick up now. I want to pick up speed a little bit. In Genesis 12th chapter, we're going to start a reading. I said 7th chapter. We're going to go down 7th verse, brother. Genesis 12. Let's go down to verse 9. Abraham journeyed, Abram rather, journeyed, going on still toward the south. 10th verse. There was a famine in the land. And Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. In the 11th verse, it came to pass when he came near to Egypt, he said to Sarah, his wife, Behold now, I know you are a fair woman, girl. You looking good. To look upon. And he says, when the Egyptians see you, they're going to say, this is this man's wife. And they will kill me, but they will save you alive. But this was, he said, in the 13th verse. He says, say, I pray thee, you're my sister, that it may, well, it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. And we're going to go down to the 15th verse, skip ahead. The princess of, of uh, Pharaoh saw her. And commended her before Pharaoh. And remember now, Sarah is at, at minimum 65. She's, I believe now she's older, uh, uh, she's 65 years old, if 65 plus. And she looks so beautiful because the blessing is on not only on her husband, it's on her. The favor of God has, has, has kept her and made her desirable to others. But somebody said, well, that was the glory of God. No. Fleshly men aren't amazed by the glory of God. They were amazed by what they saw. Their eyes. Men, uh, these men were moved by their eyes. They saw her form. And they recommended her to Pharaoh. But the, what they saw was the favor of God keeping her. Because the blessing was upon them. As surely as the blessing is upon all of us who believe. And this is why when we look through the lens of grace. We see that God was blessing this man. And here he is. The blessed of God, the called out of God. But we see Abraham failing here because he, he told a half truth. And a half truth is just like, it's, it's the same as untruth. Okay, Abraham was deceiving Pharaoh. So as we go on down, we skip on from 17 down to verse 19. Pharaoh said, uh, he says, why did you say she's my sister? So, I may, so that I may take her to wife. Therefore, behold. Take your wife, go your way. And you read above that how that 
how Pharaoh had loaded him down with uh, silver and gold and, and, and uh, men and maid service, uh, donkeys and camels. All these things were, came upon Abraham because he was under the blessing. He was in the blessing, under the blessing, and the blessing was on him because God spoke it to him and God could not lie. Now, if you think about this, you would think in the 13th chapter of Genesis, uh, the next chapter, that, uh, you know what? Uh, maybe God uh, stopped speaking to him. You know what? God probably said, hey, hey, I'm, I'm through with you. But we know of, with the ability to look back that God not only blessed him, he blessed him more. The third, Genesis 13, 2 says, and Abraham was very rich in cattle, silver, and gold. And he went and he journeyed south from Bethel unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. And to the place of the altar which he made there at the first. And Abraham called on God. See, Abraham went through something. And, but he kept praising, he kept worshiping God. He kept praising God. And see, this is what God asks of us. He asks us to revere him, to fear him. And this reverential fear God is talking about is us worshiping him. Staying with that thankful and, 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 and uh, grateful mind of what all God has done. What all God has done for us. All of us have our story. Everybody got, we have history. You got your history. I have my history. We all have a story to tell about what God has brought us out of. Or what we are going through. But in a few days, what you're going through today is going to be your history of how God brought you out if you continue to believe in the faithfulness of God. But we see this man who was called out and God showed his faithfulness. Although he was not perfect, God, said, God showed him, my word is true. I'm going to keep my word. Now you may fail in your belief in me, but I'm going to show you and I am showing you that you are the called and blessed one because I said you were. And this is the same way God has spoken to us today because we are the children of Abraham. We are the blessed of Abraham, as Galatians 3.29 says, that we are the seed, we are the spiritual seeds of Abraham. We are blessed and faithful Abraham because we, as he did, we have found that God's word is true to us if we only believe. But let's see this again. Somebody said, well, you know, that's, you know, everybody falls once. Yeah, we all, the Bible says the righteous man falls seven times. But the Lord delivers. God delivers. Because he's faithful. And there's a scripture that's come to mind now where it says, I believe it's over the Philippians, I believe, where it says that as ye have received Christ, so walk ye in him. I believe I've quoted that one in, at other times. How did we all receive Christ? When we came to him and we knew we were lost and that's all lost people have the ability to receive Christ. But if you feel like that uh, uh, Jesus just put some topping on your ice cream, I, I wonder if you really are saved. You have to have a desire for him. Because we don't just add to what, God, what Jesus has uh, Jesus come and add to us. And many say, well, you know what? I need the Lord to just uh, be my co-pilot. No, we need Christ to be the pilot. And we take the seat back, switch, back seat and follow him. So let's move on now. Uh, let's go to, to Genesis 20th chapter. And we're going to read more uh, about this same man 
who loved God. We, Abraham, I'm not saying that Abraham didn't love God. He loved God. But Abraham had to grow in his faith. He had to grow and see God and see that God was faithful. And none of us will ever make that, have that perfect path to God. Sometimes we go left and we, we, we stray away or we uh, find ourselves in error. Or we find ourselves, many times, we do more than what God told us. Also, many times we do less than what God told us. But yet, God's faithfulness, he that began a good work in all of us, he's going to finish it. Because God is faithful. He's going to finish that work that he promised to you. And when you appear before him, if we will uh, continue to walk in the light as he's in the light and stay in fellowship with God, we will see the grace of God continue to bring us high. We'll move from faith to faith. We'll move as uh, Galatians 12, 2 said, we'll know, have that, uh, know that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The good will, word, good will of God. The acceptable will of God. And in that perfect will of God, where you are right in the center of God's will, and you, are do, you know that you know that you know that you are doing what, you, what you're supposed to be doing. You are... Uh, uh, I'm not saying you're perfect there, but you've arrived at a place to where God said, this is where I have for all of your life. I've been waiting on you to get here. We all have that place. Some of you have arrived there. Make sure that you don't you don't leave it. And how do we do that? By staying humble before God and recognize that by his grace, Ephesians says that we'll, we'll save by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. And as, as we stay humble before him and recognize that, Lord, it's you. It's not me. It's, 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 it's not me, but it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you. And many of us feel like we're unworthy and God, I, I missed you. We're all going to miss it at one time or another. But it does not mean we go out and, and when people hear and many of uh, uh, called grace, they call it greasy grace. They say, well, you are little grace preachers that preaches that. You know that God, uh, uh, you can do anything and God will forgive you. You know, you, you go out and, and, and live a loose and, and uh, uh, frivolous life with no concern about how you hurt people. No, no concern about uh, the holiness of God, the righteousness of God. Holiness and righteousness is increased through grace. Why? Because grace is Jesus Christ. Go back to the scripture. It says we are saved through grace by faith. Well, the only way we can be saved is through Jesus. So Jesus has to be grace. And through faith means we have to have faith in the favor or the gift that God gave us. That's what it means by being saved by grace through faith. It doesn't give us license to sin because nobody needs a license to sin. <laughs> we all sin without a license. Like some of us, we drove without a license. I did for a little while, I was 14, oh, however, I think yeah, about 14, 15 years old. I didn't have a license or a permit. But I had been taught, I lived in that little country town I lived in. I was driving about four or five miles and do little errands. When my dad was away and my brothers had moved on, moved out, I drove, drive my mom to the laundromat or whatever. I'm not saying it was legal, but I'm saying I drove without a license. Just like some of, many of us, all of us. We sinned without a license. We didn't ask for permission. We just did it. So grace doesn't give you license to sin. Grace will, will enable you to live holier by accident than you did on purpose. How can you do that, preacher? 
because we now trust in Christ and not on our works. We look to him for everything. We let him make our decisions about who to marry and not to marry. We let him make decisions about whether where we work and, and our behavior at work. We, make, we let him make a decision that God helped me to love my wife. I love my, love my husband. Lord, help me to be obedient to my parents. Help me, Lord, to be a better friend to my, uh, my, 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 my circle. Be an example of Christ and be an example of true holiness, which is on the inward man, in the inward man. That's what holiness is. Jesus said, man looks on the outward appearance. But God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart of men and women and he sees. See, we look out at the outside and say, oh, they're so holy. You know, they dress holy. They look holy. They got a solemn face. And uh, what men of God said, they look like, you know, they've been sucking on a lemon. They're so sour. But yet, when you look at their lives, they're so out of balance. The Bible speaks to us to having moderate apparel. But many of us, we, we go from one end to the other. Many of you have been, they, they were bound with legalism and they, they, they wear, they, you know, they, they dress where you can't wear this and you can't do that and don't put this on, don't do, put that on. And then when they learn about the grace of God, they go totally to the left and they're, they're out of moderation. And they dress like, oh my God, you just want to cover your eyes when you see them. But grace is about coming to a place of moderation. Moderation means the middle. It don't mean the middle as in how you live, as in how you conduct yourself. You know, you don't get you don't get so so low that you allow the depression and rejection to put you in a place where you're unusable and you feel condemnation. Nor do you get so high and so ecstatic that you think that you are high and above everyone else. But you are humble and knowing that it's Christ in you. He's the one that gave you that talent. He's the one that put you in that place. He's the one that enabled you to make the money that you make. He's the one. And when we arrive at that point and we recognize that, Lord, there's always something for me to work on. And as I humble myself before you and I find, again, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, we can always look at these Bible characters and see their lives. God showed all of their warts. He showed all of their cuts. He showed all of the way their fallings and their failures. He let us see them. And yet we see they live successful lives. In the end, many of them, many of the, the major Bible characters, they came through life. And at the end, they were able to say as Paul, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. Although Paul lived his life in, the, in his midterm of his life, he was killing believers. He was taking them off to jail, condemning them to death as he did with Stephen. So don't, again, I'm going back to, to, to uh, seeing in our journey in grace, we must look into the Old Testament, even into the New Testament, and see how God dealt with his people. He always wanted to have relationship with us, with, uh, with, with, the, uh, uh, with those in the Old Testament as he does now in the New and in our day, he wants to have relationship with us so that he can fellowship and we can come together and he wants to make it personal. Personal. Having a personal relationship so that we can be the example of the blessed ones. 
Yes, so we can provide, so we can be a giver, so we can be a comforter. So, oh man, we shouldn't be the one that's always asking for prayer, but say, hey, you know, if you I look like you, that's something going, I'll, I'll pray for you. You got a need, you know, you know what? Uh, uh, the case of I know somebody that can't meet their bills or you can't uh, pay for this or pay for that, you tell them to look, I'm here to help you. I'm here to bless you. I'm here to be a blessing. It don't mean that we're the crutch for, for the whole world, but it means that we have a giving heart and we listen to the voice of the Spirit. And when God speaks, we can do as he told Abraham, we can be a blessing because we are led by him, we are guided by him, and we, we are trusting that he, we hear him and he proves himself by showing up when in our hour, in our time of need, God shows up and says, here I am. So let's go now. We, we finish up for the day. We're going to go to Genesis 20th chapter and we again see where Abraham fails this test, but yet God proves his, that, that Abraham's righteousness was by faith and not by works. Genesis 20 verses 1. Let's start at verse, uh, verses 1 through 3. And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and Sojourn in Gerar. And Abraham said of his wife, Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abelak king of Gerar sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abelak in, in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. And we see that although Abraham is, this is not the perfect will of God. He, God did not need for him. He, God was going to, the blessing was on Sarah. But Abraham hadn't arrived there yet. He hadn't arrived in, in full faith, in, in his final faith, put it that way. Well, we see Abraham that not only as a man of God, but as a mighty man of God. But God continues to reveal himself to Abraham through every trial, through every tribulation. When Abraham slipped, God came around and showed him, keep following me. Keep believing me. I'm going to keep my word. Trust my word. And God did this through the way he spoke to him, how he showed him, and how he showed up for him. So in this seventh verse, he says, now therefore restore the man his wife. And look what God says about Abraham. For he's a prophet, and he shall pray for thee. Abraham didn't say he was a prophet. God said he was a prophet. And thou shalt live, and if, thou, if you restore her to her, to her husband, and thou shalt not die, and all that, but he said, but if you don't, he said, you're going to die, and everybody that's yours is going to die. So what God is showing again is his faithfulness to his word. And when God blessed Abraham, it was forever. Abraham's faith kept that seal. No, it didn't keep that seal because God wouldn't act for performance. But Abraham's faith is what brought the seal of God on his life in relationship with God on his life. And God was not going to take it away. Only thing Abraham had to do was to believe it. Just keep believing. Just keep walking in it. And if Abraham walked in the, in the blessing, the blessing stayed on his life. Now, you can cancel a blessing by speaking against it. You can cancel the, bless the, the blessing of God by in unbelief. But no matter what we see Abraham, he kept getting blessed because he stayed in faith. He stayed in faith. He stayed in faith. Fear is going to attack all of us. And again, as I said earlier, 
we all can find ourselves in left field when God is in, uh, making a left turn when God said, no, I didn't tell you to turn that way. Get back on course. Make that course correction. If you find yourself today in, 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 in out of, out of a, a fellowship with God, not because God left you, but because you left God, come back. Be one of the prophets that God said, uh, I believe it was Isaiah said, come, let us reason together. He said, though your sins be as crimson, I'll make them white as wool. Come, let God come in fellowship with God again. Come back into fellowship. So preacher, how can I do it? It said, Jesus, help. That's the greatest prayer you could ever make. Is Jesus, help. Humble yourself. Come back to God. And as I said earlier, as, as, as the Lord, as the uh, uh, as the uh, apostle said, as so as you receive Christ, so walk ye in him. If you receive Christ by faith, keep walking in faith. If you have uh, took a left turn, come back to faith. Just claim your righteousness, your place in God, your holiness, because it's not about you. All of this book is about Christ. Jesus said the volume of the book is written of of me to do thy will of God. The whole Bible is about Christ and his work in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. So because when we look back through the lens of grace, we see the word of God. And that's what Abraham believed in, the word of God, because the word of God is faithful. There's so much more to teach today, but I just feel like that we're going to end there. I just thank God for his word. I thank him for his faithfulness. And we're going to pray and then uh, come, and come back again and study. Father, we just thank you for this word. We thank you, God. As we look back through the lens of grace, we recognize that it's you. It's you who delivered us. It's you who saves us. It's you who heals us. And we know that you are faithful and we trust in the faithfulness of your word. We declare now for all those who hear us. There may be one God who doesn't know you, who are, who have walked away, Lord, and they desire to come back again. I pray, Lord, heal that heart, Lord. Lord, we know that you are a restorer of the breach. And I declare, God, a healing in their heart, a quickening of their faith. And, Father, I pray with them. Father, receive them again. We believe that you and, and your son came and he died. We believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died for us. His blood, oh God, was shed for us. We believe, Lord, he, he died on the, on, and, and rose again on the third day. Now we ask you, Lord, to come, restore, save, Lord, heal, Lord, deliver, Lord, as only you can. And we receive these words by faith. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you. And come and join us again for Journeys in Grace.